This podcast is presented in partnership with Rewatchable Media, home to several great podcasts and YouTube channels covering TV shows, movies, and culture. Find out more on rewatchable.media. By, by that metric, they should be, you know, the best team in the uh, in the league. Yeah, but but you yeah, know that would put them way up. Yeah, but we've got a big game tomorrow, though, Mike. We we have I'm a sure big... you know you know four thirty in the morning. I'm sure you'll be getting up to watch you know Chelsea Man City. Oh, I uh, see. You know a rematch of the Champions League final. Uh, you know the the Man City whatevers they they're coming to uh, Old Trafford. And uh, or I'm sorry, they're coming to London. Okay, um, I didn't Trafford know Bridge. Old Trafford is a place. Trafford Bridge is where the the Stamford Bridge is where uh, 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 Chelsea play, and Old Trafford is where Manchester United play. I get the, the it sounds all these British names for things sound the same to me. Huh. All yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but we're not a we're not a we're soccer. not a, a Premier League soccer or or Major League Baseball. Which we started as we were talking about the uh, the the AL East race for some reason. Yeah. Um, well, it's, we're talking about it because my beloved Red Sox are losing. Your right beloved now. Red Sox are down six nothing. Uh, Stanton just hit a like a three run homer to to right center that was basically off the handle of the bat. Yeah. He's yeah. just the strongest human being that's ever played the game, and it just happens that he can. He's not even that good of a hitter. He just guesses, and if he guesses right, he's going to hit a home run. Yeah. So all he has to do is guess right 50 times a year and he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I'm just not a fan that they've somehow figured out that stupid lineup that they have, and that very flawed team, and they might eke their way into the play- Now, I, I have no delusions that the Yankees can do anything deep in the playoffs, but they might right. knock up my team out of the playoffs. Which well, that's important. the thing. They just, I mean, there's their secret lineup is let's just put in these giant people. None of whom are left-handers. Position. None of you, have, yeah. We're just going to put in giant right-handers. And we're gonna make you strike us out every time, even though there's a short porch and right. <laughs> yes, because if because if we put the ball in play, it's going out of the stadium. Right, and uh, that's their whole team construction. That I, I give them no credit. <laughs> my my team spends a lot of money. Their team spends a lot of money. Uh, the only team I do give credit in the AL East is the Rays, who are the number one team, and they yeah. have no money, <laughs> and yet yeah. they're beating the pants off everyone else. Yeah, and. Either the Yankees or Red Sox or both will will have in their lineup in three years the starters currently for the these Rays, and, but they will be overpaid and probably not playing very well. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how this works. Yeah. So anyway, so this is not a sports podcast. This is but what is this podcast? This is um this is a this is an MCU podcast, uh, and we have exciting news. We do have exciting news. We have exciting news. So. Uh, um, I recorded something in the very beginning that's just, I, I, I did it like 17 times with a, sometimes I was trying to look like a pukey radio voice, like this podcast is presented by, but um, no, uh, we're, we're kind of part of a, a, a media company. Now. It's yeah, it's media. amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have a, somebody, a somebody wanted us for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's looking forward to new things. Not, not a lot right now. Just a, no, it's, it's just startup. It's just starting, you know, uh, we're still with our, you know, minimal viewers. You'll, you'll, you'll still find us here. Uh-huh. Still find Don't us work. here. Same podcast, uh, uh, feed and, and all that stuff. But if you do want to find out more rewatchable.media is where you can find out 
Uh, the site is uh, under construction right now, but uh, you can still find all the podcasts and get everything you need to do. At the time of this recording, you might have to type in directly HTTP, note just HTTP, colon slash slash yeah. rewatchable. Don't do HTTPS. That's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> it's still under construction. Yeah. But, you know, hey, this is a brand new company that nobody's put like any money into yet. So, you know, we'll see what happens. All right. Exciting, exciting, exciting. Um, so yeah, so uh, MCU, we're, we're going, we got our news and notes. So not much happened all week. And I was thinking this whole, this whole, uh, you know, news and notes thing was going to be like, Hey, nothing's really going on. We've got a what if episode we've got, uh-huh. you know, Shang-Chi is still the number one movie. Da, 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 da. Let's get onto our movie. Uh-huh. Uh, but today, like, like, like four hours ago, yep. it was announced that, uh, Disney, uh, and Marvel by extension, is uh, suing like the two most beloved people in the history of Marvel, hmm. right? Or or their estates. Yeah. So um, they're suing uh, Steve Ditko and Stanley. Uh, Steve Ditko and Stanley are the creation creators of most of uh, our favorite Marvel characters, right? Uh, including Spider Man, Iron Man, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and. So what happens is the heirs of uh, the Ditko uh, estate, uh, they have decided to um, terminate the copyright on uh, the characters that, that he created. Now, what this does is this would take away the copyright that Marvel has on these characters. Yes. Uh, and then they would have to share money with, um, with uh, does the, it... the estates of both. <laughs> Now, does it really mean that? I don't even know if that really means that. I would assume that means that the characters go into the public domain. Well, they no, no, no. They don't go into the public domain. They go into uh, the the ownership would go back to the creators. Oh, the way it works. Uh So then it would it would sort of be a co ownership. I see. Where where and this is the way I understand it. We are not lawyers. Certainly not copyright lawyers. So we don't know all of this information. I am going off of what I've read and heard. Right. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, so, uh, as it stands now, without this lawsuit that that uh, Marvel filed today, um, they would lose the rights to these characters in somewhere around summer of 2023. Hmm. Now, <clears throat> uh, this has happened before, and oh. it was done by the same lawyer before. So oh. the same lawyer that is representing the estates of Lee and Ditko uh, previously. Uh, sued dc on the behalf of uh was it jerry smigel siegel something like that yeah. uh, who created yeah. superman those, those their attempts to do that were thwarted in court uh and uh dc won that lawsuit so right. you know it's there's and D, and marvel's going and marvel slash disney is going to have the better lawyers in this case no they're, they're gonna win so we've already seen this case happen effectively yeah so precedent is really hard to overcome in american law so um but we don't want creators to be stiffed. We want people to be paid accordingly. Yeah. Um, so I hope they, they have some sort of mutual beneficial where the, the heirs of Lee and Deco are taken care of. Um, you know, we know that we know that Stan Lee at least was was compensated through right. through um, for much of his uh, uh, later life, certainly. Uh, and he was a co-owner of Marvel for a while. So right. um, but uh, the, I'm not sure the estates of, uh, of Steve Ditko, um, we wish them well. I mean, I don't want anybody losing this kind of thing. Right. I don't want to lose the MCU, but I also don't want, you know, uh, people to create things to, people to create things should get paid for creating things. They certainly should. Uh, spoiler alert, 
we aren't going to lose the MCU. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no matter that's what. Not like, gonna that's not going to happen. That's not yeah. going to happen. There, there's only yeah. one outcome for that. And that's like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. But did you, I, that was the, about the only thing that happened this week that was kind of interesting to me. Yeah. That's all I saw. I, I saw nothing else. Yeah. Okay. So uh, today we are talking about da, 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 da. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yeah. So um, let's just get into it. Yeah. Um, Speaking you know, of Stan Lee. Speaking of Stan Lee, uh, this is uh, his swan song, right? Last, yeah, it wasn't the last cameo that you see because a cameo was recorded ahead of time for Endgame, but this was the last, at the time when this came out, uh, he had passed away. Yes. So the opening credits are all uh, a montage of uh, Stan Lee uh, cameos in various yeah. Marvel universes, uh, MCU movies. Um, I thought that was really, that was, that was incredibly sweet. Yes. I liked it a lot. I forgot that it had happened because, uh, you know, I don't yes. always watch the beginning. And so, yeah. And when I, when we watched this, I, it, on Disney plus even, it's still, it's still that same montage. They did the switch back to another thing. Yes. Same so montage, cool. a little message, you know, uh, in memory of Stanley. And yeah, it was really great. Yeah. So, uh, so the story, we, we, we begin this story on a technically advanced planet. Um, all technically advanced planets kind of look the same. In the in MCU, movies. they definitely do. Yeah, this looks a little bit like Asgard, but it's not yeah. Asgard. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, we learned this is Hala. So um, a young woman wakes from a dream that had, you know, kind of explosions and blue blood and for some reason, Annette Benning. Hmm. Um, <laughs> As most dreams, young women dream of. You know, I, I mean, if I, if I had a nickel for every time I've had that dream. Um, this, uh, this planet is Hala. It's the Cree homeworld. Um, not to be confused with delicious chicken. Mm. Now, halal chicken is delicious. Yeah, uh, also, don't confuse it with hello in Spanish. That's hola. Hmm. Um, or a militaristic sci-fi video game, which is hmm. Halo. I can see your Halo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, um, she wakes up her mentor, Jan Rog, a Cree warrior, played by the incredibly handsome Jude Law. Uh-huh. Uh, for a little sparring, they just, she just decides, "Hey, you want to fight?" So they fight. Yep. Um, and we we get a t- sense that he's kind of been training her for a while. You know, she came to that to the Cree as a kind of an orphan, I guess is the kind of way to think about it. Yeah. And she doesn't remember who she was before uh, she came to the Cree, uh, and she's got these powers right. that the other Cree don't. Right. And the Cree are trying to make her control those powers. They claim, they say that the implant right. on the back of her has given her those powers. So the Kree have given her powers. Right. And she is, and her task is to control them. And she's having trouble controlling them. She, in fact, in this fight, uses them against handsome Jula mm-hmm. and knocks him across the room. And then he punishes her by making her um, go to the supreme intelligence, right? Yes. And now normally the supreme intelligence in the comics is a giant blobby thing with long yes. tentacles. Looks yes. like a, a floating head. Yes. And you know what? It's about, what, eight different floating heads that we've got in the Marvel comics? <laughs> yes. You know, let's, let's, let's just get rid of them floating heads. So they, they did, thankfully. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, this is not MODOK. This is not Ego. This is not, uh, it's, a, it's not Arnim Zola. Those yeah. are all floating heads in the Marvel cinema or the Marvel comics. Um, thankfully, we hadn't haven't had any floating heads thus far um, in the MCU. Down with floating heads. 
Yeah, more designs, please. Yes, more designs. Um, so uh, the Supreme Intelligence takes the form of the aforementioned Annette Benning. <laughs> As the Supreme Intelligence might look like. So uh, our hero, our young woman, is named Gears. Um, and so they have, she has this kind of uh, discussion with the, the Supreme Intelli Intelligence. Mm -hmm. the Supreme Intelligence is basically, you know, hey, we can take those powers away. Yep. Be good. Uh, keep your emotions in behave, check. Yep. Behave, keep your emotions in check. Uh, basically, um, without actually being particularly sexist, it's kind of how we treat young women. Yeah. Um, society. I feel like Veers asked a really good question. Like, why did you give me these powers if I'm not supposed to use them? Early exactly. on, like at this that's point. A, that's, a, that's an excellent question because they're in this like existential war with the scroll empire, right. or as it is, and they don't want their most powerful warrior to use her powers. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, checks out. Yeah, and well, the other thing is the Supreme Leader, it, it takes the form, the reason it looks like Annette Bang is supposed to take the form of the person you admire the most. And so she doesn't remember Annette Bening. Right. She's like, wait. She doesn't know who this is. Yeah. I have no idea who you are. Why did who are you? Maybe she just really liked Bugsy. Mm, good movie. It's an excellent movie. Fair enough. Uh -huh. Um so yeah, so I do like how they've set up a Jan Rog so far. You you see him, you're thinking as you're as you're watching this, you know, kind of go through, if you're not a fan of the comic books mm -hmm. and you don't know how the character sort of Jan Rog spoiler alert, is a villain mm -hmm. in the comics. Uh, you sort of, he's being set up as the Yoda, right? He's being set up as the Obi-Wan, um, as the one that's kind of trying to help her. He totally seems like a good dude here. Yeah, yeah. And that's Jude Law just being handsome and likable. Right. Uh, uh, so, I, I do want to say though, so, okay. If even if you have Excellent hair comics, plugs, is that what you're going to say? Well, those are excellent hair plugs. <laughs> Along with dreamy eyes, even though they're clearly not a natural color at this point right. in time. He... So you've got all this set up, but we've seen the other movies. We've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. In that, the Kree are, and if you've seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you really know the Kree are not good. Yeah, the Kree are jerks. Total jerks, right? Mm -hmm. So little slight spoilers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's not really a spoiler. The movie came out four years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, Veers and her team, uh, led by the aforementioned Jan Rog, uh, are sent on a mission to a planet to retrieve a spy who went who sent out a distress beacon. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so they're trying to retrieve this uh, spy that's on this uh, planet that's sparsely populated by natives of the planet. Um, I guess part of the they might be part of this the the Kree Empire, but they yeah. just they don't really care too much about these particular natives right. because the Kree's right. yeah. Um, uh, turns out. Uh, so the spy has they, they infiltrate they basically just send veers into the uh, into the breach because she's powerful and can just walk through people uh, you know shooting at her right uh, yeah. uh, so they 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 send her alone uh, and she and she is uh, captured so she fi they find out he she finds out that um, the spy that they were going to retrieve has been replaced by a scroll the scroll are shapeshifters they can become whoever they see. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there's a skirmish on this planet where the Kree and Skrull fight, and and like I said, uh, Veers is captured. Right. What do you think about this scene? So a couple of things, like you know, watching it through. I remember watching through it the first time. The Skrull seemed really scary here. Yeah. So I, I do. I do think that's that's the case. That's definitely true. They're, they're, so definitely going in, I'm like, 
are the Kree bad guys? But then I, as I'm watching it, I was thinking like, well, maybe it was just Ronan the Destroyer that's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. At the time, I hadn't seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I didn't have that other context. Right. And uh, the scrolls definitely seem super scary here. It like, could mm-hmm. be anybody, right? The people yeah. that you trust, all of the would-be natives turn into scrolls. And they're treated, and they're treated, and I think this is a, a good sort of post-9-11 sort of metaphors. They're treated that, like terrorists, right? They're, yes. They're, they're going through and, you know, you hear about them destroying outposts and, you know, attacking civilians, you know, Cree civilians and stuff like that. That's that's the stories that are being told about the scrolls. Right. And a lot of Cold War metaphors of like communists could be anywhere. Scrolls could be anywhere. Right. Exactly. Like, you could even be yourself. Look, her, look mm-hmm. her out. Yeah. Um, I was I was frustrated by the scene, mm-hmm. mostly because it's like in this misty fog and dark. Mm-hmm. And so and. Just as an aside, and this is probably, will probably come again, I'm colorblind, so I have a really hard time when it's when everything is sort of just dark on dark yeah. of distinguishing what's going on. So I like even in the theater with a the big screen, I was like, couldn't they have made this like um, like like Dagobah in mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back, where it's just lighter out, so I can see everything that's going on. It can still be moody and misty and all swampy, but can I just be able to see stuff? Is that so yeah. hard? Where's the sun? Can we I, have the I, sun? I'm going to say that this is a thing where watching it on my phone is a little better because I could just up the brightness <laughs> <laughs> as much as I want, which is in the theater where I just subject it to like whatever the lighting conditions were. There you go. So um, so pro tip, watch this scene from your phone. That's the maybe, way it was meant to be toilet. seen. Yeah. Um, so uh, so we start, um, the next thing we sort of start by getting uh, more flashbacks, like, like the dream that we sort of open the movie with. Um, uh, Veers is on a ship having her memories searched by the scrolls. Uh, they've got some kind of device that can search memories somehow for reasons. Um, we see a lot more Annette Benning. Uh, we get some Veers as an airport, Air Force pilot. Uh, we get some Maria Rambo. Oh. Uh, we, and let's face it, uh, you know, you and I, we're comic book nerds. We know this is, the movie is called Captain Marvel. We know who she is. Yeah. Right. We know she's Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. She is. Yeah. So um, uh, all these memories are from Earth, seemingly. So how she got to uh, um, Hala initially is is a confusion at this point still. Um, But yeah, so uh, cool, cool sort of uh, flashback scene, I think. Yeah. I definitely really like this part. And this is your first hint that like, wait, was she really killed? They were told she was killed by scrolls and her parents right. were killed. And right. maybe that happened on earth and mm-hmm. why she has no memories. But here are the scrolls finding memories. So a little bit of a, she was definitely told it was the scrolls that did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we get some of the, the backstory and history of, of Carol, um, and her rise into the Air Force and stuff like that, um, where he's, she's always been you know, told she couldn't do things. Uh, she was always put down because she was a woman. Uh, we need more of that. Mm-hmm. That was great. Oh, yeah. um, um, she gets knocked down, but she gets up again. And you're, you're never gonna, gonna keep me down. down. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, there's uh, Carol Danvers, if you, if you read any Captain Marvel, she has big, nevertheless, she persisted type, uh, type energy yeah and um maybe we could we could let's talk a little bit about that so okay uh, i think 
this has been put together by a lot of different Marvel writers where they say like they they look at when they were trying to figure out her character, they figured out what makes if another character gets knocked down, why do they get back up? Mm-hmm. So for Tony Stark, if he gets knocked down, if something bad happens to him, he gets back up because he wants to prove yeah. he can do it. Like it's possible. Right. He's about capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, with Captain America, he gets back up because it's the right thing to do. Right. Why does Carol get back up? She does it because she's stubborn as hell. Yeah, she does it because of F you. Is how, yes. how I saw it written. <laughs> I think that's what the Kelly Kelly DeMaconic said. Yeah. Because yeah, you can't tell me that I can't. That's what motivates her. And mm-hmm. you're going to see that. Yeah. So, um, and we, we're going to see it. I wish we had seen more of it. Yes. Because I think that that is that informs the character so much. Yeah. So um, uh, she busts out from the from where the scrolls are. She uh, She's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't even seen like a tenth of it. Um, <clears throat> sure, her, her hands are in these like bindings and she has no shoes and she's on a spaceship and she kicks the crap out of a bunch of scrolls. Um, she's able to do sort of concussive blasts out of her yeah. hands. I don't know what, you know, some comic book nerd out there will tell me exactly what they are. Um, but, um, but yeah, so she, uh, she, basically destroys the ship and uh, escapes to Earth with some, on like a, uh, thankfully yeah. they were near yeah. Earth because they uh, were going to Earth because yeah. the Skrulls are trying to find out about Annette Benning. Right. They really want, <laughs> that's just like everyone. Everyone yeah. wants to find Annette Benning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they realize her memories are on Earth so that that's where they go. Yeah. So uh, um, I really love this scene. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the best scene in the movie. Sort of just good action. It's sort of, you know, the 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 bit with her with her hands being in these kind of bindings where she's got to basically blast through them. She's using them as a, like like boxing gloves almost. Yeah, she's knocking right. people out. It's funny because she's running around without shoes. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, the the leader of the scrolls is pithy and funny too, uh, Talos. Yeah. Um, so I, I I just really like it. Pithy, funny, and menacing. Like the way yeah. he seems, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't seem like a good guy. Oh he no, seems like he's trying to be a bad guy. Oh totally. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's going through <laughs> one of the parts that I really liked is like the, the scrolls are also depicted as kind of um, like bestial. <laughs> like yeah. they all they always go rawr, and yeah. she roars back at them, which mm-hmm. makes it great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good action. This is a good so, action. Um, so. Uh, she escapes to Earth. She crash lands into a uh, a blockbuster video in 1995. Yeah, uh, we are in Los Angeles. Um, uh, she has a she has a little bit of a run in with a security guard. Asks where the uh, uh, communication devices are, and he points her to a radio shack. <laughs> uh, yep. So she somehow is able to contact her Cree team with some of her technology and a payphone, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and finds out that they're like several days away from her. And they can't get to her right yet. So she's got to, you know, fight the scrolls that might be on the planet by herself. Um, and she's on her own from now. It's the first time though that we're seeing that Jan Rog might be a little sketchy because she's, he's not giving her all the answers that she's looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Cause um, she, she's like, you know, they put me in this thing and I saw all this stuff and he's just like, Oh, I'm sure, sure they were just like, uh, they just implanted yeah. that. It's the, yeah. It's implanted. Which makes no sense because they no. needed to find, 
they it was clear from the scenes that the audience knows they were trying to find something in her they, memories and, but, yeah and they were trying to find something about about this and that betting person right um so i'm gonna be an old man for a minute hmm. just for a minute just for, just for a minute kids these days hmm. will never know what it's like to have gone to a blockbuster video hmm. going That's to true. a video store with or without your parents on like a friday night you know going through looking at all the new movies realizing that all of them are sold out yep. so you can't just decide so the thing about going to a movie uh, a video store was you didn't get to really choose your number one movie right yep. you, you, you roamed around you saw what was available because they all had like the, the tape behind the box of the tape um and, and then like new movies had like two or three tapes maybe Mm-hmm. But like everything else in the in the in the store just had one tape so yep. if you wanted to watch the godfather you had to fight you know well that probably was on like two or three tapes because it's a four-hour movie but <laughs> but if you wanted to watch chinatown you had to fight the people that wanted to watch chinatown right yeah and then there was the thing where like the new release they'd have like 20 copies of that guy Right? Yeah, my, my local blockbusters never had more than like three of anything. Oh, later on, they started to do the system where they'd, they'd like just have a whole bunch. Well, and I think and I think, you know, once they went to DVDs, they probably did that, too, because mm-hmm. they could they could you could hold more of them. Right. <laughs> but yeah, my local blockbuster wasn't very big. I, um, well, just just like how people scroll through Netflix without watching things forever, like the walking through the aisles of yeah. blockbuster was a thing. It was a thing, whether it was a blockbuster or your local video store. I had a couple of those that were, that were really good. I have, yeah. I have lots of fond memories for that. Yeah. You know, you yeah. rent a movie. Um, maybe you rent a couple movies for like the weekend mm-hmm. for $6. You can get three movies for, you know, four days. Yeah. <laughs> Which is wild. It's like the cost of one month of Netflix or whatever. And you do this like once a week. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah. Because, you know, the cost of going to a movie was always expensive for a family. Right. Um, you know, just due to inflation and all that stuff. So um, 6.30 p.m. on a Friday night walking around a Blockbuster video or something like that. There's nothing like that. So yep. um, back to our movie. Hmm. Uh, so Carol's confronted by, I'm just going to call her Carol. No one calls her Carol yet. Yeah. But I'm yeah. going to call her Carol because. who she is. who she is. Um, she's confronted by S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. So we get a, a CGI de-aged Nick Fury mm-hmm. and a, a CGI de-aged uh, Agent Coulson, Phil. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil's got hair. Uh, so does Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick's got two eyes. Yeah. Uh, a little aside, that de-aging looks great in this movie. So good. And so good. I totally believe that Nick Fury was, you know. It's not distracting. Maybe too. Versus he looks really 70. good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Samuel Jackson is an old man. Yeah. Um, Phil Coulson, the hairline looks amazing. Mm-hmm. You know. But uh, so anyway, uh, full, scrolls attack. Oh no! Yeah. Yes. So they they and uh, so she chases after a scroll that like shot at her, and she fired at him. I think it shot at her. Um, uh, she pursues she pursues this uh, scroll on a train. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're going to argue about this. LA is not known for its mass transit. Hmm. I, I know they have trains. They totally do. Totally do. But, you know, 1995, you wouldn't think, you know, get on a train. You would think, get up, there's a bomb on a bus. <laughs> True. Pop quiz, hot shot. 
Um, and uh, but the, I guess there were some L-type, L-type trains. So she pursues on a train. They definitely um, existed. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, this is where we get our very, very sweet uh, last Stanley um, cameo. Yes. Uh, he is reading a script for Mallrats. Anybody who's seen the Kevin Smith classic Mallrats? Mallrats is pretty classic. good. It's all right. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, he is in this movie. Yeah. Uh, with actually a little bit more than a cameo. Yeah, uh, it's he actually plays himself. Yeah. He plays himself. Yeah. Um, Kevin Smith is a noted comic book dork, like yep. the two of us. Um, so, um, and as we've talked before, I think we talked about this probably during our Mission Impossible uh, run. Uh, if there's a train in an action movie, uh, characters are required to uh, fight on top of it. Yep. Or on the side of it, hanging from the side. You, you can't just stay in the train. No. Yeah. I mean, even when we looked at Captain America First Avenger, they ziplined onto the train right. and then were hanging on the outside of it. So, you know, this one, we get a fight on the outside of the train. Um, Carol versus a squirrel. She, destro- she gets that uh, squirrel. She gets some technology from it. Um, <clears throat> it was the uh, basically the tape of yeah. her own yeah. memories. <laughs> the crystal tape the, the crystal, crystal tape crystal vhs <laughs> yeah um it's 1995 yeah um uh you also pointed this out i didn't notice this um but uh there's, there's another cameo during the train oh yeah so, so there's a part where they you know during the train fight they go into the subway system where she's chasing the scroll this is where she loses the scroll but like the mm-hmm. uh, you see someone with a very bright hair and uh, mm-hmm. i didn't notice it when i saw it in theaters but like this time around i saw it. that that's uh, kelly sue DeConnick there mm-hmm. so kelly sue DeConnick is a comic book writer uh we have mentioned her before on this podcast she actually she made this character who it is today yeah yeah on, on her run probably around 2006 i think that's I, yeah I, I don't know the, the years but like Captain Marvel existed as a character before, but Kelly Sue is the one who really made the ca- the modern version, I'll say. Yes, yes. Yeah. So Captain Marvel started as a male character. Um, Carol Danvers was was always referred to as Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, or Ms. Marvel. Yeah, Ms. Marvel. But, uh, yeah. And uh, she was the one that kind of really coalesced the character into, into this character, so. We salute yeah. her. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah. The Stan Lee cameo. Uh-huh. So the, you know, Mallrats. So now with this cameo, Stan Lee is our Stan Lee because Mallrats right. exists in the MCU. Mm-hmm. If Mallrats exists and Stan Lee is playing, notably Stan, Stan Lee. Lee. Yeah. What is Stan Lee in the MCU known for? He isn't. So why Stan is he in Mallrats? Is- he is in Mallrats because he was in Mallrats. They can't change the past. But he's on Mallrats because he was known for making comic book characters. Right. But in the MCU, how could he... Are there all, So here's the question. Stan Lee <clears throat> in the MCU that's in Mallrats, did he create other characters then? MCU comic book characters that are not Spider-Man... Like some, that are not Spider-Man or Captain Marvel or... Yeah, all any characters. of the many characters. Yeah, Mm-hmm. What could he have been known for? Is does Marvel exist in the MCU? That's a that's an excellent question. Um, I don't have an answer for you. We are down the rabbit hole 
Right? <laughs> it's all because of this one cameo. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. conflicts don't exist I mean, otherwise. Is it the same? I mean, maybe it's not the same Mulrats. Ooh. Oh, I like that. It's an alternate version of Mulrats where um, it's just an old man that's, you know, maybe it's Dan Lee. <laughs> Dan Lee is going to be in this movie by his friend, John Smith. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's going to talk about all the, the comic book characters he, he created, like um, Butterfly Man. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Dr. Uh, Unusual. <laughs> the, the human squid. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so she recovers her memories. Uh, Fury uh, has to actually fight and kill his own Skrull, yep. uh, who pretended to be Coulson. Yeah. Uh, jerky move there <laughs> jerky got... move yeah don't pretend to be a colson i like it everyone likes Coulson. um yeah so we, um and then we find out that uh uh fury's boss is now a scroll and yep. it's talos oh yeah yeah, yeah at, at this point yes. when you find out that uh, his boss is actually talos that is sc- that is scary like yeah. <laughs> And Talos is doing something very nice. He's just saying farewell to his uh, his fallen comrade. comrade. Yeah, yeah. That uh, Fury unceremoniously killed in his car. <laughs> but uh, I mean, the, the car accident kind of killed him. The car accident killed him, and like the guy was pretty menacing. He took out a gun. Yeah. So he did. He did. Fury, Fury's so, uh, self defense. So so Fury is now getting orders though from a scroll. Yeah. And it's basically, hey, find Carol. Yeah. And that and is scary. Story. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Carol steals, steals a motorcycle mm. and some uh, grunge clothes uh, and sets up to find, uh, you know, she finds for her memories, a Dr. Wendy Lawson. That's the uh, character that's played by Annette Benning. Mm. Um, uh, Fury catches up with her at a, like a desert Southwest bar. Yeah. Some for, for reasons. Uh, and they team up after kind of a fun little back and forth where uh, they have to convince one another that they're not scrolls. Yeah. Now, now, how is tell? Because so, so okay, Danvers explains that like scrolls when they become you, they only get your memories from for a, a little bit, right? Um, so Fury goes into his whole history. Yeah, if if this really were a scroll, wouldn't he just make stuff up? Yeah, what well, you could lie about it, right? You could totally lie. So he, his his was a funny thing that he can't eat a sandwich if it's in triangles. Yeah, <laughs> so, but it's not like Carol knows yeah. what the real Fury. <laughs> Yeah, and then her, and then her explanation for why she's not a scroll, she just blows up a jukebox. Yeah, she could shoot with her arms. Yeah, and then again, Fury has no like maybe scrolls could do that. Like, why he just learned that? about scrolls earlier today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a day! But yeah. anyhow, it, it's a great excuse to have the two characters get some history, yeah. and this is our first time getting any uh, Nick Fury history. And I think they actually have some pretty good uh, chemistry on screen. I, I think in the end, that's actually the real reason she knows he's not a scroll is because like. Yeah because they have good chemistry this is yeah. a good scene yeah um so uh so they you know she she explains that scrolls can be anyone yeah. uh, thankfully not the two of them yeah. um uh so when she steals the the bike from the from the biker dude mm-hmm. that dude is every internet comment commenter who criticized brie larson who is playing carol danvers yeah uh performance in this film yeah. He asked her to smile. <laughs> yes. he, like he's like, give me a smile. Yeah. And like it's just like wanting her to be something that she's not. Yep. Right. Yeah. And it's like somehow you have to be pithier, you have to be funnier. 
You have to love that you have powers. You have to love that you're a superhero. You have to be happy that you're, you know, running around 1995 Los Angeles. Smile a little bit, Brie. Yeah, I, I love how the criticisms came out before the movie came out. Like they just saw it from the trailer or just because of who Brie Larson is as an actress. I think that's what it was. They just didn't like her choice. Yeah. Um, and, and, it, and it happened the way they thought it was going to happen. So that like, you know, she was just a, she's a smirker, not a smiler, mm-hmm. right? She never, she never throws the big, huge smile and flutters her eyelids or anything like that. Um, Which is, if they've read the comic, they'd realize that's, kind of perfect for the character like the smirk yeah. she gives is i feel like it must be modeled off of the the, the start of that uh, the, the the kelly sue run right like uh-huh. she's giving the the uh, captain marvel smirk so like if you if you claim to love comic books which all of these bros claim to love mm-hmm. they would know that this is appropriate right well so and and we've talked about this in a previous podcast when we talked about um, the different phases of the MCU, like the phase one was really old school Marvel comics. Phase two, you started to get sort of more modern mm-hmm. uh, and phase three sort of kept that as well. Um, this is totally a modern comic yeah. reference. Yeah. yeah. So um, the idea, you know, to really, to really do a true origin story, Michael, you'd have to go way back and it would be Marvel. Okay. <laughs> who's a Kree warrior and a badass. He's the original Captain Marvel. That's yeah. my voice of uh, that's the dude, internet commenter, dude, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in, in a deleted scene, uh, this that scene's longer, and she basically like you see her going off with the uh, the motorcycle and the jacket, and the clothing, mm-hmm. and the helmet. Uh, but you don't see how she gets that in in a deleted scene. You see you see her beating him up <laughs> to get Good. this stuff. So <laughs> you can get even more if you feel like it. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, Fury and Danvers, they get to this. Uh, they get. They find this top secret military base because you know he's an agent of Shield, right? Um, uh, that used to house Lawson, <laughs> and uh, after some spy stuff, they learn that Lawson is dead, mm-hmm. uh, and she was a Cree, and that Carol was part of her top secret military team, but didn't know she was a Cree. Hmm. Um, Fury kind of double crosses Carol, but he learns that his boss was a Skrull, so they team up again. And they flee in a ship with a cat. Did I get all that? Yeah, a lot happens. <laughs> big a lot scene. happens. It's a good. It's a big scene. There's lots of stuff that goes on. It's funny. There's there's some clever stuff that goes on. He, uh, uh, Fury does some really old school spy stuff where he uses tape to get a, uh, uh, a fingerprint. Right. Uh, to for a fingerprint scanner, and he's able to do all this stuff, and it's like dun 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 dun. dun yeah. You know, um, it's a little bit like that scene in Ant Man when he breaks into uh, when he breaks into the. Uh, uh, Hank Pym's house, yeah. yeah, the vault, uh, using science and using all of his skills, and then you know the next door they come to, Carol just blows it open with her yeah. blasts, and he's like, "You made me play with tape." Good <laughs> it's good. Uh, the other thing I really liked in this whole sequence is how much Nick Fury loves that cat. <laughs> yes, yes, Mister. Well, it's a, uh, it's a uh, goose. Goose, goose. It says it right and, on the on the name tag. Yeah. Um, interesting factoid. Brie Larson is terribly allergic to cats. Oh. Which is why you very rarely ever see her interacting with the cat. Right. Um, and it's her cat in the comics. Like Goose is, is Brie Larson's cat. Right. And, uh, or not Brie Larson's cat, but it's Captain Marvel's cat. Right. Um, so she has, she does have a couple of scenes where she's petting the cat. I think they did some clever camera work to sort of make it look like she wasn't 
there or she you know doesn't truly detest and hate cats or right if you're allergic you can't get near them yeah that would stop all filming right if she starts to puff yeah. up mm -hmm. so um the two of them are in this experimental spaceship uh they decide their best course of action is to locate uh maria rambeau who was also part of uh the uh top secret flying women team Mm -hmm. uh she lives in louisiana so we go to from one la to another hey oh um you know postal code jokes side um she's got a daughter named monica hmm. uh, anybody uh who knows the comics knows that monica rambo is a character in the comics mm -hmm. um <clears throat> the government completely loses them they, their, their ship flies away and they have they we never see the government again Right, they just escape. They just they, they flee with a with a top secret plane yep. and yeah. some intelligence and a, an alien, you know, life form apparently, and they don't uh, have a tracking uh, device. There's no GPS on this thing. It's 1995, nope. but like they had LoJack back then. <laughs> True, they could have used LoJack. They could have used another plane to like follow them. Hmm. Yeah, but nah. as we as we always find out, our government is inept. Um, yeah. but the scrolls don't the scrolls figure out that they can chase him down yeah so um, uh, so you, you pointed this out how they actually found them right so that the reason why this all happens is like Talos as the, the head of shield he gets the file finds out where that's why he knows exactly he doesn't track them. All he needs to do, he figures out the last location just like they did right? Uh, where Maria Rambeau lives. And then he also gets the black box. So that, that all happens in a deleted scene. So this, yeah. this actually isn't as mysterious, but they cut mm -hmm. it down for time. Yeah. Uh, I actually like that because this movie does move. It is still two hours long. But, they, yeah. but it moves it, faster than that. It, it moves like. really fast, which mm -hmm. is nice. So I, like, I appreciate it. These are only yeah. logic things that you see under repeat viewings. And then if you're a repeat viewer like yeah. we are, I, yeah. you'll, I feel you'll like watch the deleted scenes. Yeah, I feel like you know most of our recaps have been like an hour and 45 minutes. I feel like we're going to be under that. Yeah, because it's, um, it's so breezy. It's moving fast. It's moving fast, guys. Even the podcast of the movie is moving breezy and moving fast. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... Uh, Talos and the scrolls, they track them down. Um, you know, Maria is, we learn that Maria and Carol were best friends. We mm -hmm. finally learned that she's Carol. Uh, and Monica was kind of her, you know, de facto niece. Mm -hmm. um, and they had this whole life and relationships and Carol can't remember any of it, but she knows that it's her. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so the scrolls do track them down. Um, but they come sort of with a, uh, with a truce, basically. Um, we, we find out from the scrolls that uh, Lawson was working on a, what Carol and Monica thought was like an experimental plane uh, or maybe even like a weapon, but it really was a way to help the scrolls. It was a light speed engine. Mm -hmm. It was a way to help the scrolls try to find their own home world right they wanted to end the war with the Kree. right they're going to end the war by basically flying so fast that they can get the heck out of there they can get the get, get out of the galaxy basically right. um so we get this full-on flashback that plays as they kind of 
review the data from the black box. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> you and I probably remember 1995 technology. This was a funny scene. They're loading up the the uh, uh, the data on like from a from a disk to a uh, like a 1995 personal computer, right. and 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 she, she they put it in, and everybody's like, "What's going on?" And all the people that sort of are human and live on Earth are just like, "It's loading," <laughs> <laughs> because that's just what happened. Yep. Kids, back you, you you would put a disk in your computer, and it would take like sometimes it would take like 15 minutes for that disk to fully you know download onto your system mm-hmm. because you only had like two megs of ram yeah <laughs> <laughs> things were slower things were slower and it would take you you know just to watch a 30 minute video it would take you you know yeah four yeah. hours to download it no no crystal that you could just put into your arm pad and then immediately exactly. get access to it exactly so um we get this full-on flashback um lawson so that uh Carol was flying the secret mission for, 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 for Carol Lawson. We find out that Lawson, not Carol Lawson, uh, Lawson is, can't remember her first name, doesn't matter. Her real name is Marvell. Yes. Yes. Uh, she is a Cree. Uh, she's working on this light speed engine for the purposes of ending the Cree Skull War. Um, uh, this Cree team was actually the ones that shot Carol down and where, where uh, Lawson is killed. Marvell is killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and before she dies, she tells Carol that she needs to destroy the energy core in the ship because that's what the Kree have come for. Right. So um, uh, Carol destroys it uh, as Yan uh, Rog is actually, you know, bearing down on her with a, you know, pointed at a, pointing a gun at her. Uh, Carol destroys it uh, and in the process absorbs all that energy. Uh, mm-hmm. From this uh, experimental core, uh, giving her powers. So the Kree uh, take her because they realize that she's absorbed all these powers. Uh, they put this inhibitor chip in her neck to control her powers and use her as a Kree warrior. I, I bet you that inhibitor chip also makes her forget who she is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because once that chip is out, she sort of knows who she is. Anyway. Yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. Later on, we see that. Yeah. Um, it- so. It's a slow burn to get there, but this is our origin story. Right. And, and so then compared to the, uh, the comics, like, Mar- you know, Ms. Marvel gets her powers from Marvel, but it's right. supposed to be like his powers. Mm-hmm. There's still a, an explosion, I thought, or something like that happens. And it, it, yeah, and it actually is caused by Yon Rod. I was hmm. reading about that, the, hmm. the origin story of Ms. Marvel. Uh, we see here also um, Minerva, or Minerva, yeah. or however Min-erva. they say it. <laughs> I, I don't get this Cree like yeah they're they're like sort of <laughs> Greek Roman <laughs> god yeah. names but like Cree esque anyhow yeah. that's that's played by Gemma Chan who's gonna yeah. be in the Eternals mm-hmm. as presumably, a completely different character presumably yeah. not as Minerva has that happened no, before in the MCU no not not in the MCU as far as I know other than Stan Lee hmm. plays a different character every movie. Although they, they kind of explained it in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? They had Stan Lee as a basically as a watcher. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or a friend of the watchers, whatever. It's like, and right. then I was a delivery guy. And then I was this. Yeah. So, no, but this is this is a complete, because she, she's playing a, an Eternal, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, largely um, a different type of being. Yeah. Um, certainly not Crete. Certainly not. Um, speaking of, 
Hmm. The Kree are coming. The Kree are coming. Uh oh. Um, so now we know that the Kree are bad guys. Yep. Uh, Lawson kept the secret uh, power source that she made this uh, um, experimental uh, core, energy core. She kept this power source uh, cloaked at a space station. Uh-huh. Um, uh, they, the, the Earthlings are, know that the, uh, the uh, uh, coordinates that were on the black box was in orbit and then the, the, the scrolls were just like idiots. They didn't know how to do that. <laughs> well, Talos gets really time. mad at his science yeah. guy. And I like, you're my science guy. You didn't know math. You didn't, you couldn't get that third dimension of- You uh, couldn't type. figure out <laughs> spherical <laughs> coordinates. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah. I, I, mean, I feel full, bad for Full them. disclosure, I don't know how to read spherical coordinates. Yeah. And, and this is started <laughs> the turn of like, now that they're good guys, like Talos suddenly <laughs> just seems way more it's, comical. It's, it's, yeah, he is funny. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the actor that played him, but uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn also in um, Star Wars Rogue One. Oh, uh, really good. Uh, plays plays sort of the main bad guy in that one. It's good. Nice. Um, so yeah, so uh, <clears throat> they escape to the base. Uh, they leave one of the scrolls down to kind of meet Yon Rog. Totally just le- let that guy die, right? Yeah. What if he kinda, just wasn't there? Douchey. Yeah. So Jan Rog comes down. He sees Carol, mm-hmm. but it's actually a scroll in Carol's disguise, uh, and he, he ends up killing that dude. Yeah. For I don't know why that happened. May, why did they maybe, have to suffer, sacrifice that poor guy? Maybe it was the science guy that they didn't need anymore. It was the science guy. Maybe <laughs> they thought that he would somehow fool Jan Rog into yeah, and then then he could. Oh, you know what it was? I, I got an idea. So he, <laughs> if he had actually fooled him, then he gets to go with Yon Rog and those Kree and then sabotage them. Because sure. really, they don't want this, those Kree to, to make it to the space station because right. they know in the space station there's a, a bunch mm-hmm. of uh, civilian Krees. Yeah, civilian uh, scrolls. Um, oh, yeah. But yes, yeah, that's where we're getting to right now. So, the, so we get to the base. It's a yeah. cloaked space station. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and the two big reveals... At, on the space station, it was like there's a bunch of civilian scrolls, yep. some cute little scrollets. Mm-hmm. Is that what a baby scroll is called? I don't know. Darling. Um, whole little sweet scroll, sweet, sweet scroll family, and the tesseract. Oh, hey oh, yeah, it's back. So the tesseract gets around more than a insert something that gets around. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna do something probably inappropriate for our podcast. So. Um, yeah, I would, I would definitely wash my hands after touching the Tesseract. <laughs> um, well, first, it's going to warp you to another planet. If you just help yeah, it, if you so. touch it directly. So don't do and that. Then, don't do that. And then also, like, it's, it's already been, we've already seen it touch, you know, Loki's touched it. We've seen um, Red Skull. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all over the place. Howard Stark got his hands on it. Howard Stark got his hands on it. And he, yeah, you don't want to no. touch anything he touched Thanos, we've we've already seen Thanos by this time. Get it? Yep. So, um, um, so the Kree arrive uh, shortly after um, Captain Marvel does, mm-hmm. and they take control of the ship. They uh, sort of um, take everybody into Kree custody. Um, yeah. So this scene, whatever this scroll's been eating for the last six years because we know that there's a it was like 1989 when when carol 
and uh, Lawson have their accident, mm-hmm. right? And then it's 1995 now. Yes. This was like an urgent thing that they had to go get. Right. Because, and we find out it's because there's people, there's scrolls living there. The right. scrolls not eat. I'm thinking maybe they had farming in an area that we don't see. In that so ship? That ship okay. is huge, right? It's, the ship is large. It's a space station. Right. So they, they could mm-hmm. have some sort of like floating, like biodome thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we never got to see it. Mm-hmm. Also, did S.H.I.E.L.D. realize their Tesseract was missing for six years? No, because S.H.I.E.L.D. appears to be a bunch of idiots. <laughs> yes, because they couldn't even follow uh, their, their own ship that was stolen. Yeah, that yeah. ship that was stolen from them. The guy that's pretending to be their boss just sort of says like, oh, no, I got this. And they sort of yeah. all go along with it without any sense of protocol. Yeah, and also, like, we know that Talos, like, you know, kidnapped the, the Fury's boss and put him in a closet. Yes. Is he still in the damn closet? <laughs> so this is yet another deleted scene, which I watched. Okay. <laughs> so he puts him into his office and you see okay. him tied up there. He's passed out, but he's got, he's sure. gagged and he's lying in his own office. He can't get into his own office. Okay. Uh, Scroll. Oh, Talos can't. And right. so uh, uh, Coulson lets him in and then that's where you see him there. So he, at least it's nice and he's lying down, <laughs> but <laughs> he must be there for like <laughs> hours, if not days. Yeah. So, um, so they connect Carol to uh, the Supreme Intelligence again. I guess there's like a mobile connection. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I think we got a pretty cool scene with, uh, with Annette Bening and um, Brie Larson. And a record uh, player. And a record player where uh, they listen to Nirvana. Um, <laughs> as one and, does. <laughs> as one does with a, with a record player in 1995. Uh, and, um, she realizes that Carol realizes that, uh, she's being controlled and it's this sort of inhibitor chip that sort of took away her memories and took away her power. It's limiting her power. She's got more power than she's allowed to use. Yep. So she breaks three through it and then just proceeds to just kick their ass. Yeah. All of them. All of there's, them. A, there's a switcheroo where she she holds on to the lunchbox that was holding the uh, uh, Tesseract and gives the Tesseract to um, Fury, uh, but he can't touch it, but it is eaten by the cat. The cat, <laughs> the cat is a flurkin. Yes. Wildly uh, powerful. <laughs> wildly powerful, like interdimensional space alien thing. That looks like um, a cat. <laughs> it looks like a cat most of the time, but sometimes it's got like, it can open its mouth and there's huge tentacles and it can eat things. Yes. Um, so uh, yeah, so, so um, there's lots of little fight scenes throughout this thing. Um, uh, so what are your thoughts about the Just a Girl No, no Doubt song? So I think at the time it's like, oh yeah, you can see what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's the right song choice here. I don't think it's the right song either. I think so. So they do make a good song. So later on during the uh, end credits, um, they use Celebrity Skin by Hole, which is like a harder, rougher song. Yeah. I wonder if they f- would have flip-flopped those two songs, it would have been better. I think so. Um, yeah. but, but anyway, so right here we get Just a Girl. Yep. At this point in time, so since yeah. your powers are unlocked, as soon as this happens and the inhibitor is gone, 
Mm-hmm. She is way more powerful than any than of those any Kree. single Cree. Yeah. So they keep coming at her and they can barely make a dent with her. Right. But I think this is a really good fight scene because you actually know her goal isn't actually to like just defeat just them. Win. Right. Yeah. She's actually trying to pretend that she's got this Tesseract in the launch box. And she's trying to prevent right. that, them from getting it. Right. Because she has other, this is like, from the comics, this is like a really typical Captain Marvel fight. Like she can win every fight one-on-one. Yes. Mm-hmm. But there's other things going on. She's actually trying to delay so that all of the scrolls can get free because she doesn't want them to get hurt by the other mm-hmm. Kree on the ship. And so half of this is just like keeping up the ruse that the, right. the Tesseract's with her. Right. And uh, it's, it's, I mean, it kind of alludes also to the fight in, in Infinity War too, where she's fighting. She can kick Thanos' ass, right? Yeah. But, but her goal is to like keep everybody alive and you know make sure that he can't snap his fingers when he's got the the gauntlet on his right and she she was she had the gauntlet she was trying to get to the truck so like there's always Mm -hmm. a secondary goal and that's yes you know and that that's kind of like good writing that's that's what you do for a superman that's what you do for Mm -hmm. captain marvel basically an omnipotent character yeah yeah so um and it's out and it's a and it's a great illustration of how Zack snyder completely screwed up superman yeah dc like that he just made him too powerful. He never gives him anything other than just a single opponent, right? Right. He never has to make a decision like this where you've got to, okay, I don't want to just defeat my enemies. I have to do more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the Zack Snyder fights are always like, well, I'm going to win because I'm stronger. And like, that's yeah. the only thing that happens. Like mm-hmm. It's just a, a punch fest. Uh, yeah. yeah. He, here, the it's a good kinetic fight where you know there's some back and forth, but it's all solely because of that yeah and she's and and you know to that point i mean she's also sort of figuring out the limits of her power and the extent of them um so she's not fully like aware like she has a couple of moments where she even she lets loose of her of her of those kind of blasts that come out of her hands and it knocks her back eight feet Mm -hmm. you know so it's like it's like she's realizing oh shoot i'm really powerful right um so yeah so the good guys do escape flurkin yeah, flurkin. There's like some more flurkin on flurkin. Not flurkin on flurkin. Flurkin on Cree action. Flurkin <laughs> on Cree action. Um, and then uh, we get this cool uh, aerial scene uh, uh, where the, the the ship that they came in they they, all, they escape on the the good guys escape on the ship that they came in on. Uh, and then the Cree sort of uh, follow in their Cree ships. So mm-hmm. there's like this dog fight. This is where Minerva bites it. By the way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I like this scene as an aerial fight scene because there's a backdrop of Earth in it. It just makes it look a little bit more real. Um, compare that to say something like a couple weeks ago when we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy two, and we had that that early on face space fight with the the huge uh, uh, gold fleet, whatever that whatever they yeah. were, uh, and they're chasing the Guardians of the Galaxy, and it just doesn't it doesn't feel as real as this. This was cool, right? So not only is Earth a backdrop, they go down into these little canyons. They do the, the, the canyon run. Like, yeah. And they have to like sort of maneuver in there. Yeah. And yeah. So Ram, uh, Rambo does some f- nice flying action. Nice flying. She kills Minerva. Um, and then uh, uh, Carol has, has been fighting Yon Rog. We learned actually in the last scene that Yon Rog uh, had when he, when he killed the fake Carol, Feral, um, <laughs> that uh, he called Ronan. Mm. so ronan bad guy bad guy he's just a jerk yeah he was a jerk before he was a jerk before 
which is later. Yes, in the um, timeline. <laughs> in the timeline. Um, but we learned that he's always been kind of just, a, you know, a threat. Yeah. Um, so he's coming to like nuke the earth. Uh, Carol was fighting um, Yonrog and Yonrog is, does get to a ship uh, and he's about to, you know, fall down and then Carol falls out of the space station mm-hmm. and she's falling to presumably her doom as she falls to the earth. Uh, gravity apparently kicked in. Yes, <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> um, and uh, so Yonrog is now now chasing after Minerva is blown up. He's chasing the good guys again and trying to shoot shoot them down. Only he gets his butt whooped in the plane by a now flying flaming Carol hmm. or glowing Carol. I don't think it was necessarily a lot flaming. of glow. Yeah, it's a glow. It's a lot of glow. It's like an energy. It's like neon yeah. or like a, you know dazzler. Yeah, I made an X Men yeah. reference that nobody's going to get. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so um, and then so after she, you know, Yon Rog crashes on Earth. Good guys are safe, but <clears throat> we get these big, huge Kree warships that you know come through the hexagons. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, the hexagon warping facility. The hexagon warping thing. This is how people travel in the uh, through space in the MCU. Yeah, um, and. They're launching a whole uh, S-ton of uh, uh, nuclear warheads at the planet. Yeah. Um, oh, they might not be nuclear. But they're they're pre-whatever. Pre-warheads, some sort of big thing that would destroy the world. Right. Um, Carol stops them with, like, she just, like, takes the first one and throws them back at the others, mm-hmm. and they all blow up. Yeah. And then, for good measure, she just annihilates on her own a single one of these big warships yep and then stares down ronan yeah which is very nice so first you know she's in her right to destroy all of the warships but like you know mm-hmm. what i'll just destroy one yeah it was very uh you know, <laughs> less murdery <laughs> yes less murdery i appreciate it i'll murder one warship <laughs> i'll murder not, one warship not all four um and uh but so Carol is supposed to be a secret. Like no one knows about Captain Marvel's exploits Yes. in the, in the real world. Right. Wouldn't somebody have seen the giant explosion just outside <laughs> in the, even, even though this was over the desert, right. this was right. multiple missiles all exploding at once. The whole sky, would have the whole sky up. would have been a huge thing. Plus these giant ships. <laughs> Came no into the, like, like there would have been somebody would have gotten like a radar somebody would have taken i mean it's 1995 so maybe there was no like photos taken but someone would have seen this stuff right yeah. it may maybe shield buried it really well maybe anyway um so uh after she just after they they escape they flee the uh the Cree do yeah because they're scared of her <laughs> but they do they do say something ominous which is like we'll come back for the weapon yeah and it's who? like the, who, the girl, not yeah. the, the tesseract. Right. Not coming back for the tesseract, coming back for her, which is a little bit weird and ominous just for her, for him to say that, considering we know he dies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guess what, Ronan? You won't. Yeah. You, know, you won't. <laughs> no, not you. Um, so uh, Carol goes back down to Earth, uh, kicks Jan Rog's ass. Yeah. Um, there's a funny scene here where he's like all right this is it we're just gonna fight none of the light show and uh mm-hmm. and she's like no why don't i just blast you yeah 
it was like i don't have to prove anything to you yeah which was a <laughs> perfect sort of great which is which is perfect do. and it also hints um you know we saw her doing a lot of hand-to-hand combat in this movie like you know especially when she's escaping from the, the scrolls and like mm-hmm. when she's fighting the scroll in the the train obviously when she's fighting Yonrog, that's the last you should see of her doing any hand-to-hand because mm-hmm. she can shoot energy blasts now at will with no yeah. inhibitions whatsoever yeah she's a badass and you know she doesn't need to uh control her power it's her power yeah it, it, this reminds me a little bit of like it, it, friends that were uh you know trying to get into the programs to be like you know special forces right and uh there was someone had asked like well do you learn any hand-to-hand combat and they're like no and they're like mm-hmm. well why it's because like well if you've gone to the point where you've lost your rifle your handgun and the combat knife they give you you're screwed. So there's no <laughs> point. So in a similar way, there's no reason why Captain yeah. Marvel should ever learn hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. So she she says that you know she is uh, sending Yanrog back to uh, uh, Hala and says that she's going to end the war. Yep. Um, now the Kree are still kind of jerks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As um, we know later in on, 2014. Yeah. This is 1995. So she. You know, maybe she ended the scroll pre-war, mm-hmm. but she didn't make the Kree less dickish. Yeah. And Ronan in that movie, in Guardians of the Galaxy, he says like, oh, so many of this Kree have died to, he's mm-hmm. mad at the, whoever the Glenn Close aliens are, right? Right. The Nova Corps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't remember if that's I like referring I, no 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 we should always refer to them as the Glenn Close aliens. <laughs> yeah the Glenn Close aliens. Glenn, the Glenn Close uh John C. Riley aliens. <laughs> yes that's right. How could you ever be mad at John C. Riley? No. Yeah he's so char- he's so, so, so that that's supposed to be Ronan's whole deal and that's why he's going after whatever that that's the power stone right to mm-hmm. he wants to end all of them because they, they must have been in a fight and we've now really established it. it's the Cree that keeps getting into fights because they're basically the British Empire trying to maintain yeah. their, their empire yeah total jerks yeah um so yeah so i think uh you know we got the flurkin for much needed humor yep. through this last little bit i think um i think the banter between uh carol and fury sort of carried the movie but then they sort of through this little bit sort of needed something as they separate the two yeah um yeah. they needed they needed something to sort of to lighten that uh, so I think the flurkin came out at the perfect spot. I think if they had injected the flurkin earlier, it wouldn't have worked. No, no. And the flurkin is perfect because you you had a nice long time where Fury is totally in love with his supposed cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, you know, Carol uh, commits to helping the scrolls with her with uh, find their own homeland, find their own home planet. Uh, she gives Fury a pager that he can communicate with her in case of emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, Fury gets his eye scratched out by the cat in just a very like simple moment. He has multiple like times throughout the movie where he's hit in the eye, he has a car accident, he's got right. like a scratch, but none of those are the things that make him lose his eye. Right. It's the cat scratch. Yeah, this Look is definitely that. some like meta humor where everyone yeah. who watches the MCU knows that he has an eye patch and you're waiting for the point in the past yeah. where he loses the eye. Because he's got two eyes here. Yeah. Crazy eyes. Um, uh, yeah, so he gets this pager. Mm-hmm. Fury needed to use that pager long before he did in the MCU. 
Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> he ends up using it at the end of Infinity War. Right, right. So uh, after after the Thanos snap, right yep. before he is erased. Right. So he uses this. Um, so uh, let's talk about times when he could have used it. So <laughs> certainly the invasion of Shatari and Loki during the first Avengers. Right. right. So that here, a good time. Here's, here's my counter. Maybe he did use it then. And she just got there too late. Exactly. She gets there like, what, what was the big deal? I was like really far oh, away. Oh, we're, we're okay. Never mind. Yeah, it turns <laughs> out we have these other heroes. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Like, so that, that might have happened in a, a deleted uh-huh. scene that we just don't know about. So Thor 2. Okay. Remember there's that weird CGI thing that's happening where London is getting ripped in half? True. but is That was like reality was being destroyed. True. Okay. I think that, that would have been a good spot. That might have been a good spot. <laughs> Um, yeah, totally. Um, her her only excuse is this is a terrible movie, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm not coming. I don't want. I don't want part of this. Uh, Ultron. Ultron. Okay. Ultron is a self, an own goal. Sure. <laughs> it's like wait, wait, who made it? <laughs> Iron Man made it. Oh, I'm, I'm out. That's not. That's well, not a you know, as as somebody that believes in justice, as Nick Fury does, um, he should have brought Captain Marvel to arrest his ass. That's true. Right? Right? That's right. It's like, okay, the other Avengers might get upset with me if I try to arrest Nick Fury. But right. if I've got Captain Marvel here. Yeah. Trump card. Yeah. You win. Yeah. She's going to be able to take him into custody peacefully yeah. because yeah. she'll be able to whip the other Avengers yeah. with one arm trying to her back. Totally. So that's definitely a spot. Uh, Winter Soldier. Okay. Winter Soldier, I'm going to say she should not come in. Here's my reason even when, why. Even when all the, the, the things were going to kill everybody on the planet? That's an Earth on Earth crime. I'm sorry. <laughs> you made these things, S.H.I.E.L.D. This is your fault. 100% self-own goal. Okay. That is not well, a reason I think, to bring I think, def- I think definitely should have been there for the first Avengers. She should have. Yeah, that, that is the one, though. That's the only one where I'm like, okay, it's an alien invasion. Yeah. That is a Captain Marvel level threat. Yeah. Because he had to run out onto the deck of a plane and, and shoot down one of his own planes that was carrying a nuke. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he could have just he could have just used his pager. Now maybe he didn't have his pager with him on the uh, right. on the te- right. helicarrier. Maybe that's and, the only thing. Th- and that's why it's like, oh damn, it's in my other coat. You know, the last time that he had it was in the eighties, and he just mm-hmm. probably thought like, oh, things aren't happening. Nineties, but yeah. Oh, that's right. It was in the nineties, not. Yeah. So uh, so we get our post credit scene. We get. Uh, uh, the Flurkin pukes up the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. So that's how we explain that it's still around. Yep. Um, and then Carol arrives at the very end to uh, uh, help the surviving, surviving event, Avengers post-snap. Right. The Avengers are dealing with their sort of post-snap terror of half of the planet is dead or gone. Right. Uh, and Carol arrives. And so, asks, and, and I think this is your explanation right here. So you see how long it was like they, it was beeping for a long time. They had to hook it up to an external power source mm-hmm. and only then, and then it stops and only then and only then does she arrive. So it yeah. takes her a long time. So maybe Fury did hit it during the invasion of the Chitari and then the invasion ends and he turns it off. And so mm-hmm. like, and at that time, you know, Captain Marvel yeah. turns around. Okay. That's, a, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Um, cause he probably, cause we talk about it, you know, should have done it at the Chitari. Honestly, he should have done it like when Loki arrived. <laughs> it's the, right? If he does it then, like, then, then he does safe. it then, then she can get there by the time. Plenty of time. Yeah. Gets he there. was yeah. a little late. He was like, eh, mm. I got this. This one guy, we're fine. Yeah. So, okay. So that's the movie. Mm. Did it. 
Um, final thoughts. What, what do we think? Uh, this is a really good movie. It's highly, it's highly rewatchable. Highly rewatchable. I think, you know, it falls, I mean, as we've kind of been doing this, we kind of think that maybe this is where the, um, the Captain of America First Avenger probably belonged a couple of spots, even above this one, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Under rewatch, I'm like, Captain America is really good. <laughs> yeah. Probably needed. So I think, uh, you know, next week, I think we're doing uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Probably, you know, belonged on top of that one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it could be. Yeah. yeah we've re- we've re-ranked some things. We, we could probably re-rank these. But, you know, uh, we did that around, you know, God bless America, around the uh, 20th anniversary of 9-11, right? Mm. That's what we're, that's the story we're going to go with. Um, yeah, this has a couple of, uh, the minor, the flaws that I have with it are just mostly just like hipster flaws. Like <laughs> we talked about the, the, the soundtrack is really good. Yes. But I feel like it's like a best of 19, of the, of the 90s sort of collection. It is, it is supposed to be that. Like the, all the music here is picked to let you know the era. Yeah. So, but I, I felt like there would have been some like deeper cuts that would have like helped a little bit more or been just more, I don't know, more evocative of a nineties thing. Like, like love fool from the Cardians. That was a song that kind of needed to be in this movie. I'm surprised it wasn't. Yeah. Or Hey Jealousy, mm. the gin blossoms would have been a good one. Um, and the one that's in every nineties movie, semi-charm kind of life. Yeah. Those guys, I mean, what are the third eye line? Those guys sold out long ago. So they, they would have, that would have been like $8 to play that one in this movie. They're waiting for yet another 90s movie to come out so they can be yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, song two by Blur. The mm. Woohoo. Yeah. I'm that, would surprised. Have been a good one to, that would have been a good one to play as she's driving the motorcycle away. That's the song mm. where everyone plays the beginning of it and everyone knows it yep. as the Woohoo song, right. but not of anything else. No, it's na- it's just song two is the name okay. of that song. Okay. Um, Blur was a you know as a like a British band from like the '90s that was for a while in Britain like it was either them or Oasis was like the best British band. Hmm. So what an um, era! What Britain a time! A weird era. Uh, <laughs> or I think I I can't believe they didn't get the Cranberry Zombie in this movie. That would have been the thing that would have been hmm. the best one. Um, uh, total nerd moment. For me, I actually looked this up because I have this problem with this particular song. So we talked about it already. Just a Girl mm-hmm. uh, did not chart in the United States till December of 1995. Ooh, ooh, that's so the, a the, the album itself didn't release until October. So mm. this movie doesn't look like it's around Christmas time. Mm. So the idea of this song being available in 1995 is just it's a little sketchy. Yeah, that, that's, that's a flaw. Mm-hmm. But that's, this does have... This does have a memorable soundtrack. It's a good, it it's a good collection of songs. You know, yeah. we get some TLC in here. We've got, you know, you gotta be bold, you gotta be something. Yeah, that song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got your waterfalls, right? That's yeah. Don't don't yeah. go chase them. Uh the, the part I like is when they're in the car together and, and the yeah. salt and pepper plays. What a yeah. man. What a that's, man. What a man. That's great. Yeah. And then of um, course the, the end credits with celebrity skin. That's that's that is a really good song that needs to be in the yes. movie. Yes, that should have been in the heart of the movie somewhere. Some that action scene should have been yeah. whole celebrity skin. Yeah. Um, uh, so this undoubtedly is like a, a soundtrack. So if we want to, so this is a memorable soundtrack. Right. Um, if we want to sort of combine, like compare it to like Guardians of the Galaxy, which we think has the best soundtracks. Right. Um, not necessarily the best score, uh, but the best soundtracks of the MCU thus far. Uh, where do we, where does it stack up? 
So I actually I think Guardians of the Galaxy one best soundtrack, then yeah. Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy two, and mm-hmm. then this one. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I think, and like if you think about it like this, like you can have a Beatles greatest hits. Mm-hmm. It's still not going to be better than Revolver as an album, right? You know, it's just like the the way that 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 uh, James Gunn sort of curated that that the two soundtracks for Guardians. Just because it doesn't have like, it's got a David Bowie song, but it doesn't have like the four David Bowie songs that everybody knows, right? right? It's got it's got like the third track off of, of Ziggy Stardust, which is a weird heavy metal song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got these li- little goofy one hit wonders from like 1978. It's got the Pina Colada song that yes. nobody knows the real name to the song. No one knows the real name. It's like the, the song too. Right. It's the Pina Colada song. Right. Um, so yeah, I just think that the Guardian sort of fits together to, as a soundtrack a little bit better. Uh, this one might have better songs, right? Like standalone, like like "Come as You Are" is probably the best song in the MCU. Yeah, like, just as a standalone song. That's true. It's it's a really good song. I I do think I've heard this described that the the Guardians of the Galaxy movies they're almost long extended movie, music videos, <laughs> especially yeah, when you that's get what to my Gar- says, yeah, you get to Guardians of the Galaxy two where the music is, what do you call it, diegetic or whatever? Like the, you see Rocket pressing something to play the music. So the yeah. music isn't just like overlaid onto the movie. It's like part right. of the movie. Part of the movie, yeah. Um, and even in, uh, when we first see the Guardians in Infinity War, they're sort of all bopping to a song <laughs> yeah. in the cockpit of the, of the, of the just ship. Just to show how and, important music is to them. Yeah. So like, think about it, like Guardians of the Galaxy is like someone really like like someone that you really care about made you a, a mixtape in 1995 yeah right that's kind of what it was um this one feels like uh those best of the 90s compilations <laughs> that you could buy on like tv at, yeah 10 like, 30 at night now that's what like, i call commercial. 1995 music <laughs> exactly that's 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 what this one sort of felt like yeah um but yeah uh so we talked a little bit about this. So Marvel, Captain Marvel, uh, Miss Marvel, Carol Danvers, that sort of complicated history. Uh, like we said, Captain Marvel was originally a Kree warrior. Um, Carol does get powers. She's mm-hmm. really powerful. Um, she's always been very, very powerful. Um, uh, and But she's kind of a hero without a home. She doesn't have her own book. She doesn't have her own sort of team. She's uh, thrown in with the X-Men. <laughs> not a mutant. Point, <laughs> not a, she's not a mutant, but she just she she teams up with the X Men, um, and uh, she's really only put there so Rogue, who was kind of a villain at the time, could steal her powers. <laughs> yep. So Rogue could fly around and do all of the things that Carol Danvers could do. Right. Basically, right. be Superman, but do it as Rogue. But I never see Rogue shoot uh, like blasts. <clears throat> no, she didn't. She didn't shoot blasts. But she had, she could fly and she was like Superman. She could yeah, near super strong. Yeah. yeah, nigh and vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she was, but Carol Danvers was in like a coma for like 17 years or something. Like <laughs> yeah, that. because of Rogue. So they didn't know what yeah. to do with the characters, mm-hmm. what you're saying. No, and it wasn't really until Kelly Sue got a hold of it and, uh, and, and made this a great character again. Yeah. I think that's a testament to her. Shout out again to Kelly Sue to Clement. Um, 
And uh, now the Miss Marvel moniker has been taken by Kamala Khan. Have you have you read any of her stuff? I did. I read the initial run uh, in the comics. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh-huh. It's a cool character. And uh, oh, yeah, so Kamala Khan. She's a she's a Asian American. She is um, uh, she's the first I think Muslim superhero. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is getting her own Disney Plus TV series, and she is supposed to be in the upcoming the marvels which is the sequel to this very movie that we're talking about here today yep uh, i believe the marvels releases next year and uh the disney plus show will release sometime either before or after that i'm not sure hmm. i think yeah. it was maybe after but hmm. who knows um so yeah okay so we talked about this before where the we see that carol gets knocked down and she gets up again mm-hmm. You're never going to uh, keep her down. You're never going to keep her down. But most of this movie, she doesn't have her memories. And a lot mm-hmm. of stuff is just sort of done to her. Yeah. I think we really need that sequel to see what her personality is all about. Because there's a lot yeah. to her. We need to see that just stubborn, doesn't listen it, to anybody. There's approach. a stubbornness. There's also, she'll do anything for her friends. There's like a whole bunch of stuff that we know from the comics that, that she's all about. Her sense of responsibility. And uh, I think other movies, let's say, Captain America, the first Avenger kind of shows what his personality is like. We didn't quite get that from, from mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah, that would be, that would, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good fair criticism of it. I think, um, you know, they, they did a, they did a nice job of, of, of creating that slow burn for the origin, mm-hmm. but we needed to see a little bit more of the, the character's personality. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I that's think- not, and that's not me saying that she needs to smile more. No. <laughs> That's me saying that she needed that she needed more time to actually do the work. Right. right. Now, now that being said, this is a, this movie works really well because the story, the with the a plot is really compelling. Where this mm-hmm. this idea of the false memories and the the fake, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the the real villains not really being revealed till later. Yeah. That's. that's I wonder. I wonder if they needed. I wonder. I mean, we could have an argument whether or not like we needed to introduce the scrolls here. Mm. You know, like we could have, we could have said, do we need that? Isn't it enough to just like, we could, we could, there's a, there's a, there's an accident we can create, right? Where Mm -hmm. she's, she's, she's forced back onto earth and it doesn't have to be the complex sort of scroll storyline. Possibly. Yeah. But it it was a lot of fun and they are super menacing. Yes. Yes. And uh, that, no, I think it makes for a good movie. I'm just not sure. Like you said, I don't know if it necessarily makes for a great Captain Marvel movie. Right. Yeah. But um, does uh, this amnesia story does that is that going to hurt if they ever try to do it with Wolverine? No, because they'll. I hope. I just hope they'll do something different. So one interesting thing is like this amnesia story is not at all from the comics, right? No. No, this is completely made up. This is a choice that the MCU made. Yeah. Uh, and it was really fun for storytelling purposes. I feel mm-hmm. like. Well, as we've seen the way that they do Wolverine, Wolverine's a really slow burn across multiple movies to get his origin. Yeah. Uh, if we, if wonder, they go with the Fox formula. Right, right. I, I wonder what that formula is going to be. We still haven't gotten any legitimate mutant in the MCU. Yeah. The, and it's been going on for 12 years. Yeah. And there, there's, <laughs> there's also been a false... All right, well, this could have been in news and notes. I think this is a false rumor that they're going to mm-hmm. remove... They're not going to call it X-Men. right. They're gonna call it something else. X because there are because there's women in the team. I think that's fake. 100 yeah. fake. It's just they're just gonna call it X Men. They're just gonna call it the X Men. Yeah, they're like no. You might not. You might not actually 
have them call them the X-Men. Right. The, like, I don't know that they ever call her Captain Marvel in this no. movie. <laughs> it's called Captain Marvel, but right. it, it's not, they don't ever really say it that much. Yeah. Um, you know, there's lots of these sort of titles that they've created, that the comics created, because, because the MCU doesn't sort of rely so much on this like secret uh, identity formula that the comics do. Right. The MCU doesn't at least. Uh, you don't have to deal with a lot of the, uh, you know, everybody during Endgame calls her Carol. Right. Or Danvers, because, you know, because the, the military guy, Captain, Captain America, has to call her Danvers. Yeah. Give me some cover. Yeah. All right. So, uh, my family, this is the movie that we watched that really got them into the MCU. So, the, the story for us is that we watched Wonder Woman basically mm-hmm. to get ready for Wonder Woman 1984. Kids really like that movie. Mm-hmm. And then because there was a long, there was actually a lot of time between. So we watched this movie and uh, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I think this movie does hold up pretty darn well. And that's, that's what launched us into this whole uh, MCU project for, for me and my family, which I appreciate a lot. Yeah. Um, Elliot says holds up. Mm. Which is a strange thing to say for a movie that's only like three years old. <laughs> in his world, it's like, it's been forever. Yeah. Um, the pandemic time, right? Yeah. So I, I, think right. I think we're done. We did it. I think we did it. Um, I really hope this recorded. Yes. <laughs> Rate, subscribe. <laughs> review. Check out. You, actually, there's no subscribing anymore. It's follow, isn't it? Follow. Okay, follow. Doing it. Uh, check out uh, rewatchable.media. Um, there's going to be, you know, more podcasts being posted there, uh, different uh, video streams, stuff like that. If you like uh, modern sitcoms, if you love Ted Lasso, if you like uh, uh, Parks and Rec, Community, uh, there's lots of stuff that's uh, that's really interesting that's uh, being posted up there. Check it out. And we're there too. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give us money. Uh, go. There's going to be a Patreon page set up if you want to pay them. Great. Sure. <laughs> they might give us some of it. I don't I don't know how it works. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Shay. Thank you, Michael.